Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Welcome to today's episode of Wisdom Talk Radio. Let's talk about frequency. Every living thing, including the earth, has a particular frequency. Every cell in your body has a frequency. What does your frequency have to do with manifestation? What does it have to do with your health and well-being, your, your business, your purpose? Well, in a word, everything. And if you've been hanging out here for any length of time, you know I don't say that lightly. So I've invited my guest today to share her experience and wisdom as it relates to all things frequency and energy. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your quantum connection style with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. We are each designed to connect with source differently. And knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with your inner guidance at a level you never thought you could. And it's the secret really to having everything that you truly want in your life. So my guest today is Shauna Lee. Shauna is an intuitive healer and a celebrity manifestation coach. With over two decades of experience in sales, marketing, and business development, coupled with her accurate insight, she is an expert in leading purpose-driven individuals and supporting the rediscovery and development of their core soul mission from the ground up. Pretty exciting, huh? Shauna is the number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life, and The Soul Frequency Show podcast. And we had an opportunity to, to do a recording for that recently. So welcome, Shauna. I'm really excited you're here and that we get to, to talk about all of this that is so much a part of both of our, our work and our life. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's always fun to have a discussion about this with you. So I'm happy to dive in. Yeah, great. Great. So let's let's dive in and see see where this goes. So so I introduced our our episode today talking about frequency and, you know, the reality that every thought has has a vibrational frequency. What would you want to add? I mean, I just, you know, skimmed the bare surface. What do you want to add as a way of starting us off around talking about energy and frequency? Well, I think, you know, we can look at frequency from a very scientific standpoint. We can look at it from a very spiritual standpoint. Certainly it's a big, bigger and bigger conversation as we move forward. I mean, I, when I first created the soul frequency, 
um, I had a business coach tell me there's no way, no one knows what that is. You cannot, <laughs> you cannot talk about that. It's impossible. Um, nobody's talking about this. And so within the amount of time that my business has been in existence, a lot of people are talking about this. Mm -hmm. So the question is why, why are we talking about this now? And that really has to do with a lot of the information that's coming on the planet. A lot of the knowledge that people like yourself are bringing through and sharing with people so that we can understand ourselves in a multifaceted, multidimensional way yeah. beyond the way that we've lived. And so frequency is a way that we can start to understand ourselves. So let's say, you know, in a very practical term, um, we're really great at science and we're not great at any other subject, right? We just love <laughs> science. That's our thing. Forget about English. We don't like that, um, that class. And so we get very good at putting our efforts and our energy into science and kind of pulling our efforts off of, let's say, English or math or another subject. Mm -hmm. And so we're directing a lot of our energy and who we are towards that one thing. And so if you think about your life, it's like as human beings, we've been directing our energy towards like our physical reality, right? The things that go on in our life that we can touch, sense, feel, smell, taste. Mm -hmm. And we haven't looked at these other aspects of ourself, right? Like, and so that could be our intuition or we call it our gut instinct or you know, aspects of being able to communicate through our thoughts, right? With other people, you know, how you have a thought about somebody and then all of a sudden the phone rings and you go, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. You know, we're starting to understand this more and starting to study it. And I think once we start to understand these other aspects of ourselves, we will truly understand the role of frequency in our life. Mm. Wow, that's so beautifully said. You 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 said you said so much in that, really, because uh, it is very true that the more research that's been done, that's being done, the more we bring in the whole field of quantum physics into our kind of everyday life, and that's what I, I think a, a lot of what you're doing is is bringing those kinds of levels of understanding into real use into use in business, into use in your, in your personal life. And, um, you talk about soul mission and now while that sounds, uh, and I'm sure your business coach must've said like, holy, whatever, um, you can't talk <laughs> about that, but people are, are recognizing the value and the need they're craving something more. And I'm sure you experience that in your work. Yes. And, and, it's always about bringing it to earth, right? It's always about bringing it into our practical lives. And so if you look back, let's say two generations on the planet, like the typical idea was you grew up, you got a job, whether you went to college or not, and you worked at that career for all, for your whole life. I mean, people worked for General Motors from the time they were 20 years old till they retired and then they got their retirement and they moved into the retirement stage of life. That's not typical today. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not typical for somebody to work for the same corporation from the very first job they have until retirement. And so we're starting to, and it's funny because my grandfather would say, we never asked ourselves if we liked the job, oh. like the job was just something you did. Like we didn't even question you know, like, oh, I'm so miserable at my job. I'm not living my, my sole purpose. I'm not, you know, I'm not fully fulfilled here. This is my dream. No, no. It was like you went to work to make money to support your family or yourself right. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that, like in those two generations, it's just been two generations since that was kind of the consciousness around 
vocation to now at a place where people are starting to question, like, is this for me? Do I feel inspired to come here? Do I love what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Is this fun? Is this exciting? Does it fulfill me? And so realizing that this isn't just an individual desire, these things become collective thought forms. So if we have a group of people, let's say, you know, half of the population of a state in, here in the U.S., and they're all having similar thought forms, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to be fulfilled. I want to. Then those thought forms are creating a reality. Those thought forms are coming together and creating like the beginnings of collective consciousness. So as more and more. So let me interrupt you there. So, so what you mean by that is that there's a shift that starts to happen in kind of in the way that people generally think. Yes. And, and this is influenced in a couple of different ways. So like I said, as older generations cross over, mm-hmm. they take with them the consciousness of the time that they were on the planet. And so we each come to kind of experience a certain level of consciousness as the planet evolves. And then as you have new life being born on the planet, they come with a different level of consciousness, sometimes harshly judged by the older (laughs) people on the planet Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because they just don't understand it. Right. So we've heard people say like, oh, this generation doesn't work as hard as this generation or this generation. You know, they 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 need it to be perfect for them to feel good. And we're not really understanding what that's all about, right? It's about a shift in consciousness. So, so we could say, I'm just using this as an example, older generations were like, you just pull up your bootstraps, you get it done. You, you know, you barrel through any tough feelings you have. And, and there was a tenacity in that that was so important on the planet at that time, right? There was a lot of stuff, you know, when we look two generations back, that was just starting to be created on this planet that was the precursor of a lot of what has grown, right? Even technology and industry Mm -hmm. and the way that we, you know, travel and the way that we do everything that we know to be real and true today. Yes. It started two generations ago and it needed a kind of consciousness for people to really come in and be tough, right. And stay committed. And, and there was a lot of solidarity that was, um, that was needed at that time in a different way than today. Yeah. So thinking about World War II and yes. you know, coming out of that and then the depression and, you know, those major kinds of situations. Correct. Mm-hmm. And now we're in this time of a rapid movement of energy and understanding what that is. So, mm-hmm. so some of the things that we'll see to give this context is like a speeding up of what we can, what we perceive as time a speeding up of what we perceive as information. So whether that's receiving intuitive information or whether that's technology in the form of information, there will be the sense of it's moving so fast, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe some people feel that way, like, whoa, the years are flying by or, oh my gosh, like the speed of how we communicate. You Mm -hmm. know, back when Mm -hmm. I was young, if you called someone, you might just get a busy tone and you might just get a busy tone for quite a while, right? (laughs) And so you just realize like, I'm not going to talk to this person Mm -hmm. for a day or two days. Now we're, you know, at our fingertips, we're all interconnected all of the time. And so there's an expectation, right, that that we need to 
communicate faster with each other and we need to get back to each other. We don't even have to talk, right? We can text these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so all of these, these changes to our culture um, are so vital to where we're growing. And some of the things like we might've said in the past of like, Oh, you know, everybody wants the world to be great or perfect, but that's just not possible. Where we're moving is not to great or perfect, but we're moving to a greater sense of self-knowledge, self-fulfillment, and like mm. clearing out the programming that we have within ourselves that tells us we can't have that. And we can't, we can't move out of a state of, of lack. We can't move out of a state of feeling, you know, just not great in our lives and not mm -hmm. fulfilled and not having the things that we desire. We so believe as a collective consciousness and have believed that we, it's all about sacrifice. It's all mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. having to try harder and push and, you know, and fight for what you want, um, but still fall short. There's a lot of programming in us mm -hmm. about that. Would you, would you bring suffering into that? Cause I've seen that kind yeah. of idea. <clears throat> I saw that in my mother. Suffering yeah. was just part of what you had to go through. I would bring suffering. And I also mm -hmm. use, and this is, you know, a tricky word for some people, a, there is a frequency mm -hmm. of victim consciousness mm -hmm. on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about how we always use the word victim. I'm talking about this idea that takes us out of our power. So when I'm working, you know, in groups and with people, I started to learn about this early on, you know, in my business, mm -hmm. because I started to see it in, in everyone. Right. And, and then I realized it wasn't individual. It was like a collective thread. So if you mm -hmm. picture that everybody has this collective thread of victim consciousness, which is, it shows up in people's life, like, I can't be or have or do what I want because of someone else, right? Because I'm suppressed in a certain way in my life. Now, I realize like there has been lots of suppression in our history in many different ways, mm -hmm. but this is part of also that frequency of victim consciousness. It's like, if you look, it's really funny. I was reading an eighth grade history book with my son way early on. He was, we started it when he was like eight years old. Mm -hmm. And as I'm reading through the history of the world, basically it starts from, you know, the creation theory and it's moving all the way up. I am sitting there going, I'm reading the same story over and over again wow. as the history of the planet, which mm -hmm. is a few amount of people have all the power or money or resources. The mass amount of people are in lack, right? And feel victimized mm -hmm. because they don't have those resources. And then there's a battle, right? Always lots of battles between how to, you know, gain resources. And this has gone on and on on our planet over and over again, right? It's like, it's a pattern. It's a cycle that, that human beings have been in for so long, right? Really since back of the dawning of time. And this is the point where we are supposed to move out of this frequency. So, so how, so someone says, how do we move out of this frequency? We move out of this frequency 
by knowing that it's just a frequency. It is not who we are. And as collective consciousness begins to more people have the thought forms and begin to believe and know that I'm, you know, that I don't have to resonate with the suffering and the fear and the, you know, and all of the the lack and all of these things that we have thought are just life or just who we are. Mm -hmm. Then we move into a different time. And that's really when people talk about the new earth or they talk about what's being created here, this is really what they're talking about is moving out of our history of the way that we have interacted as human beings on this planet and the way we have believed. Right. And what's so fascinating is those beliefs, just like so many beliefs are passed down through generations, mm-hmm. the way that we parent our children, the, the things that we say to them, you know, how many kids grew up where their parents like money doesn't grow on trees. You should fear, you know, you should fear you're not going to have enough money. Right. right. You should. Right. So, so there's all this programming that we receive, you know, even as children, about this messaging. And so, so as conscious parents, we can really think about what we language to our children, because the children that are coming on the planet, the beings that are deciding to come here, um, are coming with a different frequency, with a different energy for this time. Let me unpack a little of that, because I love how you, you speak about it as I, I, I speak about them as patterns, you know, it's like, it's just a pattern when we recognize it's just a pattern. And I love that you put this other layer on it is recognizing that it's just a frequency. And I want people to really hear that because then you start to realize what's happening, that we have been part of this creation and we contribute to it. We, we both are the receiver and the contributor and the creator of it. And and we get to, we, we have choice. We get to interrupt that. And as you're talking about the, the new beings that are coming onto the planet, we see that they know technology in ways that we couldn't even have dreamed understanding. While, you know, the little kids can come in and say, oh, yeah, let me program, you know, your, your TV for you and tell you how to work your computer. And I remember my daughter was six months old and she was hanging out with the, with the TV remote knowing how to operate it. Yeah. How did that happen? How was that possible? But it it all speaks to what you're sharing um, so beautifully. So, so take this into the next place, which I maybe is, or another place, which is maybe talking about how that, that shift in consciousness relates to our soul mission. Well, we start to say when we leave the victim consciousness and we leave the lack, we start thinking and we don't even have to like completely exit that frequency. We just have to start to see Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, there's repeating patterns in my life of feeling this certain way. And I bring up money because it's such a trigger point, I feel like for people and there's so much belief around money. Um, But I'll share my own personal journey with this where it started me thinking in a different direction because there are several things that happened for me earlier in my career before the soul frequency. Um, I was in business and I, I had three years in a row that I was working in a commission-based business and I made the same exact amount of money. Like you couldn't do this if you tried, right? I mean, it's like, it's this type of situation where, I mean, how do you get like down to the dollar the same amount of money when, you know, it's like different commissions all the time. Mm-hmm. And I started after the third year to say, I believe this is the amount of money 
I make, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be a belief here because this is too weird and this would never happen. And it started me going, oh, like I'm working up until I hit this point because I believe that point mm-hmm. so, so wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that that's what I need like to survive. And so we have a funny way of saying, here's what I need to survive. But like, I shouldn't have any more than that. Right. I just need to get by. I need mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Make up to my yes. point. And so the following year after that, I decided that I was going to, you know, change my belief about that. I was going to think of another number in my head, any number, <laughs> like I was just going to make something up, right. Uh-huh. To test mm-hmm. if there was anything to this. And so I created a number that was sizably higher than, than those three years. And I just thought about it all the time. Right. And I thought about what I would do, you know, if that amount of money, you know, came into my business and sure enough, I hit that number. Right. (laughs) And so, so I, at that stage in my life, I was like, well, this is interesting. I mean, everything is energy. So, so is money. And so are our thoughts. And, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting how these things can link up and how much, we keep ourselves in that state of victim consciousness in that state of poverty and that state of, you know, I'm not just talking money. I'm talking poverty, emotionally, poverty, mentally, right? Like the ways we keep ourselves feeling like, and that we cannot get beyond certain things. So whether it's, we can't get beyond what our parents had, or we can't get beyond our own mindset, or we can't, you know what I mean? Do the things that we want to do in life. It it can be anything. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and so we have to start putting out thought forms that are different than what we've done in the past. And one of the ways that people can start to do this and really become aware of this, um, and I do this in every program that I do, is I have people basically take a chart and set a timer on their phone for every 15 minutes and take like, it's really powerful to do two hours or three hours of your day on some day and just have the little chart by you and set your timer for 15 minutes. And when that alarm goes off, write down what you were thinking about. Like, oh yeah, this is what I was thinking about. Uh-huh. So we spend a lot of time, even if we're working or doing mm-hmm. something, we're constantly thinking, right? We have, I mean, different people say between 30,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. So there's lots of thought forms. If you imagine them like little bubbles <laughs> going out into the world, right? Mm-hmm. That we're putting out. And they and each so, have a frequency. And each has a frequency. And so when we start to become aware of where our mind goes and doing this little exercise helps you become aware of that. Like, what, where is my mind going? People are always surprised. Like I'm surprised that in a two or three hour period of time, I was in all these different places, right? I was thinking about all these different things, whether it's mm-hmm. something that happened from your past or something that happened yesterday, or, oh my gosh, I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like we're all over the board, right? With our thoughts, but then you can start to see what you're creating because where our thoughts go, where these thought forms are sending out a frequency you're getting that frequency back. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Yes. So, so it's like the universe is saying to each one of you, like, what is it I'm supposed to deliver to you? Mm -hmm. And you are putting your order in by what you think and then what you feel about that. So I say that the feeling behind the thought is like that fire behind it, right? It's the thing that really, it's the spark Mm -hmm. that gives life Mm -hmm. to it. So if we, and I use this example, like, so let's say somebody um, wants to go on a diet, right? It's super simple, 
lots of people have had these feelings before and thoughts. I want to go on a diet. I want to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And they say to themselves, like, I don't know if this is going to work. They're having all these thought forms, right? It's probably not going to work. It didn't work in the past. Like, this is awful. You know, I mean, oh my gosh, I don't like salad. (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And then those thought forms have feelings behind it. I feel like I feel awful. I feel like I'm going to, you know, fail at this. I'm not going to succeed. Like I'm remembering when I failed before. So I'm having all of these emotions that don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and those thoughts and those feelings, it's like they get faster and faster and faster. They, they pick up speed. And eventually that person might go, Oh, forget it. I'm just going to go to the drive-thru. I'm going to get a burger and a milkshake and fries. Mm -hmm. And then we eat the burger and milkshake and fries. And then we go, see it happened again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I proved myself right. And so this is how we are using this. I call it the creation equation to create our life. Now we can use the same thing to create something different. It's the same code, right? So somebody wakes up and says, you know what? Today's going to be the day I get in shape. Today's going to be the day I do something great for my body, do something great for my life. And they can think to themselves, it's never going to, you know, the past is the past. I'm moving forward. I'm having Mm -hmm. excitement about what I'm going to create. I'm going to eat good. I'm going to feel good. And they're having these great thoughts, right? And they're putting them out. And behind those great thoughts are great feelings. Like this feels good. It feels good to put good nourishing food in my body. I'm super Mm -hmm. excited about it. Right. And I wake up the next day and I feel better even after one day of just eating better and maybe taking a walk and taking care of my body. And so they build momentum on those thought forms of excitement and joy and fun. And, oh my gosh, look, I lost five pounds. And, oh my gosh, this keeps feeling better and better and better, right? And if we allow ourselves to keep feeling better and better and better, we create a different reality from that. So it's the same code, the thoughts, Mm -hmm, the feelings mm -hmm. influence, the actions that we take influences our reality. And it starts then drawing to you that same frequency. If you're having a holding a higher frequency in your thought form, that's what's going to come. The universe says, oh, oh, you're not where you were yesterday. They don't even think of it. Doesn't even think about that. This is where you are. And so this is what we how we respond. Yes. This is what this is what you believe. Therefore, this is what we bring you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love so that. this That's is what we this, believe. Mm-hmm. And this is the exiting from the victim consciousness, right? Because what it ultimately comes down to, the victim consciousness doesn't survive unless you believe someone else has power over you. And it can even be, or your thoughts, your negative thoughts have power over you. Other people have power over you. Your government has power over you. Whatever you believe has power over you. Therefore, you can't X, Y, or Z. That is that victim consciousness. When you say, when you start to realize, and everybody does at a certain point, when you start dancing in this world of frequency (laughs) that, oh, I'm writing the script. Like I'm basically, what I'm putting out is coming back to me. The victim consciousness no longer exists because Mm -hmm. you realize you're putting that frequency out. Therefore you're getting that frequency back. So if I want something to change in my life, then it's, It's that I need to think differently. I need to take different actions. I need to move differently. And the universe will send me that. Like people say, why, why is it, you know, why is this happening in my life? Like, why is the universe bringing me all of this bad luck? Or why is, you know, why is something outside of me doing it to me? 
And that is that, that pervasive victim consciousness thread, right? That Mm -hmm, frequency. mm -hmm. But the second we take full self-responsibility for like, I am the creator, that starts to dissipate bit by bit. I mean, that doesn't go away overnight and, and people will find vestiges of ways that they're still connected to it as they Mm -hmm. start to work through it, but it starts to lose its power because we start to turn away from it. Yeah, yeah. And and we also then the take it to the step that you talked about to begin with, it starts to shift the mass consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it becomes easier and easier to move out of, of the victim consciousness because it's almost like it becomes less sticky, you know, in the in the mass. Yes. And, and this brings up the point of like, you know, maybe your parents said what you hang around, you become, Mm. and that is absolutely true from a frequency standpoint in the sense of when you start to shift your reality, Mm -hmm. you will start to have certain people move out of your reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And you'll have new people move into your reality. And so you're, you know, at a certain point, like where my life is right now, there's just not a lot of people in my world that are really embedded without some awareness around this victim consciousness frequency. Mm-hmm. And there really mm-hmm. aren't a lot of people in my world that pull on my energy um, in a way that is doesn't feel, you know, good, right? Yes. yes. And that's mm-hmm. just a byproduct of a lot of evolution and change, right? Allowing things to reset themselves. It's like, it's like imagine just standing still in the center of a room. And allowing what wants to go out of that room to go and what wants to come into that room to come without you having to say or do anything just from the energy that you are emanating and giving off. It's like the world around you, your reality starts to reset itself. And I think one of the most challenging things around this time in people's lives or, you know, changing anything in their life or evolving is like, we get really in this place, our egos, right? Get really in this place of like, but I want to hold on to everything. I want to hold on to all the people in my life, to all the things that I know and love, to all the, you know, all the, the comforts, right. Mm -hmm. That I have in my life. And I want to evolve and change. So (laughs) then we get in this place of, I'm going to evolve and change all of the things in my life. Like I'm going to make myself responsible for that. Like bring people along on the journey. Um, because I don't, because I don't want it to change. Right. Right. It's like, I want to change, but I don't want to change. (laughs) And so, and so, so relationships, (laughs) you know, these relationships are at the heart of one of the, I think the most powerful vehicles for change or not for change. So the reason that somebody allows themselves to evolve can be because of people and relationships they have, Mm -hmm. right? So even a coach or a mentor, or, you know, I mean, people in your life that love you and want you to help help you evolve and change. Mm -hmm. But the same is true for why we won't, right? When we get confronted with something that's like, oof, if I tell this person in my life, the truth, what my truth is, that person might leave and that terrifies me. And so I'm not going to say the truth. And then we want to pause, right? We want to stop the evolution. Mm -hmm. We want to stop the change. So can you relate that to what I see as people's fear of the unknown and thinking and, and control? Like all of that gets played in there. Absolutely. Because 
I have a chapter in my book called stability is an illusion. And, <laughs> and it's a really, it's something I downloaded, like, as I was right prior to writing the book. And it was like, really profound in that human beings seek a sense of stability. Like we want to stand, even like if you're walking on a tightrope, it's like wobbly. You want to stand on solid ground and we want to have like, you know, we want to save money for a rainy day, right? Like type of thing. We want to, we want to know that there's a stability in our relationships. Like we hold on to things mm -hmm. in our life, people and things to derive a sense of stability, which is discounting the fact that everything is in motion. <laughs> right. And so we are having a hard time in our culture at this time, um, learning that right? Like learning that every single thing is in motion and we are in motion and we're constantly evolving and shifting and changing. Mm -hmm. And we can't try to lock everything down. So this idea that stability will make us feel good and that it will make us feel safe, right? It all comes down to safety. Like I want to feel safe. And when things feel stable, like this is my job, this is my house, this is my husband or wife. Mm -hmm. These are my, like when I feel like I know what's what, then I feel like I have stability, except for the planet right now is teaching us by the energy that this planet is giving off, teaching us that we must let go and flow. And people are like, it's like diving into the deep end when you don't know how to swim, right? Absolutely. It feels like, like you think you don't know how to swim. Yeah, you True. think you That's don't know how to fear. swim. I don't know how to swim. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff that has gone on and will go on mm -hmm. that will cause people to have to like, let go of the side of the pool. Right. And right. realize that they can swim. Mm -hmm. And when we yeah. understand that these things that happen in our lives to help us let go of the side of the pool mm -hmm. are not bad, even if they feel emotional, you know, or difficult at the time, mm -hmm. they are teaching us that we can swim. And that's part of, like I said, at the beginning, understanding this multidimensional self that we truly are. And that brings in that awareness uh, that we are frequency and, mm -hmm. and to be able to use more of us than, than we've given credit to being able to use. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, now I'm going to steer you back again to, <laughs> I love what we're talking about. I love it. I mean, I just, you have such a, a, I don't know. It's not about unique. It's just you have a way of crafting, of using language that I really appreciate. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so soul mission. How does that yeah. individually then you because you've you've painted an incredible picture of the collective mm -hmm. and the collective consciousness and the, and the changing consciousness and, and all that. So we have this foundation now to be able to shift to or look at how does how do we. Hmm. How does this impact us within ourselves and what we're here to do? So we're all being asked to look at like, who am I really? Who am I really? And how do I bring my gift to the world? Mm -hmm. So right now people do lots of different things. And when you ask them, like I'll ask people all the time when I have, you know, calls with, with future clients, like, yeah. are you super passionate about what you do? Do you love it? did you get into it because you loved it? And it's like an extension of who you are. And most of the times, no, 
no, I fell into this or oh, my family member does this or, you know, there's lots of different reasons or, you know, I was brought up to be a lawyer or doctor or, you know, something like that. And I didn't even question it. Um, And so very rarely do people say like, oh, yes, this is I knew from the time I was, you know, five Mm -hmm. years old, this is what I was here to do. And Mm -hmm. and I just did that. And so if we're looking at what is the most efficient way to run the world, let's think about that. You know, I always, here's a perfect example. Like I always am baffled by meeting people that love like spreadsheets and numbers and data, because for me, that's brain damage, right? Like I'm like, I will completely shut down trying to do that. And I'll go into all kinds of resistance, right? If I have to like, do that work. I am resisting and resisting and resisting, and I don't want to do it. And I'm I'm finding anything else to do other than that. Mm -hmm. But like people, there are people that love that, right? They're Mm -hmm. so passionate about that. They're like, give me all the data. I'm going to put it in an amazing spreadsheet and create it. So why would we want that person doing anything but that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And why would we want me doing that. Like if someone hired me, a company hired me to do spreadsheets, Mm -hmm. they would not get their money's worth because (laughs) I would probably spend three hours in total resistance, Mm -hmm. which is time they're paying me for Mm -hmm. before I actually sit down to do the task, right? Before I get get over it in my head and do it. And so before you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just do it, which is that old. Exactly. Exactly. So, so from an efficiency standpoint, if we all come with different skill sets, why aren't we all using those? Like this is the divine, call it God or the universe or source or whatever you call it that says, oh, I'm going to create humans that do all kinds of other things. You know, everybody does something different or has certain gifts or things that they're great at. Mm -hmm. Why would we want to take all of those amazing gifts and not utilize them? Right. So it's kind of like common sense in a way that it's like, oh, you know, if we have someone that's really great at this, let's have them do that. Or if we have someone that loves this and it really comes down to resistance, because when we're doing something we love, we're not going to resist it in the same way. And resistance Mm -hmm. is a lot of really intense energy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really intense energy to put out into the world. It's it's like I said, it's not efficient from like an employer standpoint, because you're not going to get the most out of that person or the job or the skill that they're supposed Mm -hmm. to do. So why would we hire for that? Why would we do that? And so part of like what I'm doing, you know, in a consultancy basis is going in and looking at and intuiting, like, what is this person here to do? So whether I'm doing it from an individual standpoint, like helping them, I'm never telling somebody, hey, you're here to do this, right? Although I can see um, that because I don't feel like that's as powerful as someone discovering that for themselves, right? And then they own, then they own it. It's not like, oh, Shauna told me. It's like, oh, I can really own this because I let this rise to the surface and I discovered Mm -hmm. it myself. So it's kind of like when I'm working with people, I'm gently going, oh, look over here. Oh, look over here. Oh, Mm -hmm. try this, right? (laughs) Oh, try this. Because I'm, I'm seeing like what will unlock this for them. Yes. It's, it's like you're literally unlocking, you know, your heart space, like a treasure trove mm-hmm. of who you really are and why you came here. And so many of us don't feel connected to that at this time. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot of people in the state of I know I'm supposed to be doing something different, but I don't know what that is. 
Like that's really going on heavily on the planet for a lot of adults. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the bigger issue than just, I'm not making enough money at whatever I'm doing. It's a bigger issue than quiet quitting, or I don't want to do this job anymore. It's, it's the, the deeper work of who am I really? You used that that phrase before. Yes. And when I, I've conceptualized businesses with people, cause like, it's interesting Mm -hmm. how my gift works because when I'm working with somebody, like I can actually see what they're going to create. So Mm -hmm. I can see the logo. I can see, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? What the business is like, how it's structured. And then I'm just kind of guiding them towards that. If that's their desire, like, but, but it's fascinating because like we can become so, um, disconnected from where the path that we are meant to be on mm-hmm. that, that it's like it all begins with disconnection from ourself so mm-hmm. like sometimes people come to me and they say I want to build a business right and I want it to be my sole passion and and I want it but it's it's really like I want to build a business right and I want to do this and I'm like nothing begins with building the business right nothing begins there mm-hmm. because when you are a founder of a company or a business, like your business is limited by your personal limitation mm-hmm, Those two mm-hmm. run hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So you can't outgrow, you know what I mean? Your own consciousness in a business. Right. And so sometimes people attempt to start a business to outgrow their own consciousness. Right. Mm-hmm. And so And so I go, no, 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 we have to begin like all business development is personal development. And you have to begin with like, who am I? And I go all the way back with people of like, what are your life experiences and how have those formed you? And then what are the experiences of all of your family members and how did that influence you? Right. Mm. What did you pick up from these people? And, and then I start to connect where the patterns were created, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Here's where this pattern is. Here's where that pattern is. And so there's something really powerful when we become aware, like we, we don't, it's like, we believe the patterns are who we are until someone mm-hmm. says, here's when this was created. And immediately the energy line mm-hmm. starts to dissipate. Right. 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 Because you now see it as separate from yourself. Yeah. And which this is isn't, a choice. It's choice after that, because you say, when we think something is like, I mean, I'm sure you've been in, everybody can identify with this, been around somebody who's like, oh, I'm just not smart or I'm just huh. this, or I'm just that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just who I am. I'm not, I'm just not a smart person. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's just a pattern, right? That's not who you are. And so the second you realize it's not who you are, then you can, you know, learn more knowledge, read more books. Like you can stop self-identifying with that pattern. Well, you get to discover. And so it opens that door of, of self-discovery as opposed to self-limitation and, and, a, and a particular description that keeps you in the box. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. <clears throat> I want to keep going. <laughs> and I know we're running out of time. Um I would love for you, Shauna, to let people know how they can work with you, how they can and how they can reach you. Yeah. So our home is the soulfrequency.com, S-O-U-L. Um, and you can find me on all the socials at the Soul Frequency. Um, we have two different things that we do here at the Soul Frequency. One is one-on-one consulting and coaching. Um, and those are six-month commitments to kind of dive into your life and see what wants to be created through you. 
Um, and we also have a group program called the Soul Frequency Experience, and that is launched every March. And it's interesting in that group because I set the intention when I created this program that only people in the same soul family would be called into the group. And so we curate the group to be only people from the same soul family. And what happens when we bring soul family together is that soul family has certain energetic codes that help each other unlock aspects of their beingness. Mm -hmm. And so when I bring them together with a certain intention, you know, in sacred circle, um, not only am I helping people grow and expand and unlock things for themselves, but the amount of amplification of energy of those specific people mm -hmm. being in that circle, um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a phenomenal experience. And the first time I hosted it, I was, I thought it was just a one-time thing. I was like, this is incredible what happened here. It mm -hmm. went beyond what I could ever even describe with words. And I thought, well, that was a fluke, right? I mean, that was just incredible. And then I started, you know, really saying, well, I wonder if this is true. I wonder if there's more people, you know, in the soul family. And it's fascinating because after years of hosting this, like mm -hmm. people call themselves into this circle from a place of knowingness, whether it's conscious or not, mm -hmm. that they are family with these soul family with these other people. So, so I've had people, you know, apply for it and say at the final minute, like, no, I don't feel like, you know, it's not the right time. I, not, I shouldn't do it. And I, I tune in and I go, oh yeah, they're not soul family with these other people. Oh. So it's fascinating, right? How we, mm -hmm. even at a deep level, whether we're, and, and I feel like most people are not conscious of the why, mm -hmm. um, but we know, we know, we know. Wow. Thank you so much, Shauna Lee, for, oh, for your insight, your wisdom, you know, all of what you have offered to us today. I really, really appreciate it. And I love talking with you. Thank you. I love talking with you too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thank you to our listeners, our viewers for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. And you can find us, of course, on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because when you do, that just helps get the word out. And it, what it does is it helps other people to access their wisdom and to transform the world. For more about deepening your connection with your quantum inner guidance, take the quantum connection quiz now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.